Alrighty, good day, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Tapping to Crypto. My name's Ted, and I'm joined by the daddest man on the planet, Mr. Pav Hunda. I prefer that intro. Yeah, yeah suits me better. <laughs> I'm glad I finally got one that yeah. you like. <laughs> Have uh, it's been an interesting week. The market's kind of tanked a little bit. I thought you were going to say the cricket was good. That's oh, well, it's been interesting. Australia wrapped it up more, uh, first session of day um, three. Josh Brown last night. Uh well, yeah, the big bash as well. But yeah, hey, a big bash. Who would have thought? We're not a cricket podcast. We're a crypto podcast. So I know you're dying to let everyone know your thoughts on the market. Let's hear them. Am I dying? Yes. All right, I'm dying. <laughs> interesting one, I guess, from last week where we left off talked about previously these March 2022 highs being of significance. I think what's come out since then and now, which we've got a news article that I'll share as well, FTX, your favorite boy, SBF's estate. Mm -hmm. um, they've got obviously under administration, liquidators, etc. They've got sort of mandates to sell down assets. They were holding something towards a sum of 22 million GBTC ETF stocks. So grayscale, the grayscale ETF. And the most notable thing with the grayscale ETF is it's been around since 2013, I believe. Barry Silbert's product from Digital Currency Group. And they converted to a spot product. So prior to it being a spot product, it was all backed by derivatives. What that means in plain English, there were higher fees, there were administration costs in managing that position that people were getting exposure to. Essentially, it wasn't tracking Bitcoin's price completely. It was always at a bit of a discount because it wasn't perceived as being as equal exposure as just straight Bitcoin. Yeah. ETF has changed that and that we've had that conversion. So now it's just purely for Bitcoin and the market's priced in, I guess, what was best described as a premium. So discount moving into just more equal market value matching the other ETFs out there. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of people that have been holding the Grayscale uh, BTC ETF for a while now just overnight saw gains for no reason other than their product was now backed by a real Bitcoin. Yep. And FTX is one of those guys. So mm -hmm. the, as soon as that ETF launched, uh, I've got it here on the chart, 11th of January. It's still not confirmed, but reported through insiders on a few Bloomberg articles. That's when they started selling their product because it had that markup priced in. And it's interesting. It's pretty much around that March 2022 high that we've been talking about for a while. But we saw a massive selling, uh, you know, reaction there, which is what we were kind of expecting. But it's interesting to hear that fundamentally in the news, FTX were likely at that point selling mm -hmm. off almost a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin shares. So... What do you think of that? Uh, so they're, they're selling it off in order to pay back some of their former users. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's just part of the ongoing procedure there, uh, yeah. being under administration. Yeah. It's just that that estate, uh, it's been bankrupt. So they obviously, if you're bankrupt, you've got assets, they try and trim those assets to pay back the, the yeah. any liabilities. So yeah, a bit of an interesting one. So but uh, are you saying that this yeah. is probably the reason for this major crash there? Or not, not major not, crash, but, you know, small tip? Not entirely, but it definitely adds to the narrative. Yeah. Like, I think in any case, if you're an investor or, you know, a serious trader, you're probably eyeing off monthly levels anyway. So if it wasn't for this, it may have still had the same reaction. But I think you could probably make the assumption it's added a bit of fuel to the fire. Yeah. Sure. So, but, you know. But what's, um, I guess we've seen over the weekend, we were waiting to see if this previous low, this sort of ascending trend, if it was going to hold, if it was going to crack and break. And we had the, the bearish, I guess, scenario play out. So we've been looking at about 42K to be a pretty significant point leading into this weekly open. Mm -hmm. uh, Saturday, Sunday just went sideways and then leading into Monday. So usually 10 a.m. is when we have the weekly close. Australian Eastern Standard Time, we saw just a couple of hours of continuous selling from about midnight last night onwards. So yep. 
not good, I guess, if you're a bull, but I mean, there is a possibility from what I'm seeing just technically for this move to potentially kick higher. It really just comes down to the next few days. And there's still a chance, like in my eyes, leading into February, leading into the next couple of weeks, even the chance of a relief rally on Bitcoin. So we may not see new highs or year to date highs. Mm -hmm. But even if Bitcoin were to start going sideways and grinding up towards, you know, 44, 45K, that would still be the potential for a then further sell-off, like a yeah. much harder sell-off, which I know you're going to touch on soon. You know, we do sort of see a sell-off leading into the halvening, mm -hmm. but that could be the four to eight to six weeks of price action we need on Bitcoin for a lot of altcoins to probably have their next big leg up. So yeah, from, from my perspective, I don't mind this. I think yeah. this provides like, I guess, one of the last opportunities to buy the dip before we see that Bitcoin halving. I guess if you look back at previous cycles, you'll notice particularly in 2020, or when was last halving? 2019. Yep. Or oh, 2020. 2020, yeah, May May 11th. Yeah, so there was like a small dip right before that halving, and then like we saw that huge run-up. That dip was also in correlation with like the COVID crisis that we had there. Yeah, it's a bit of an out, bit of a weird one, but I mean, you can even go back to 2016. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see a small dip right before the halving, and then that huge run-up again. So... Look, I'm not too too worried about this. Like, yeah, we dropped below 39 and people kind of see that 40K mark as more of a psychological barrier. Mm. And we dropped below that and I guess it was panic stations for a few yeah. people online. But I think it's healthy. Like, it's a healthy correction before we have that, you know, what we think is going to be a bull market this year and, and into 2025 as well. So mm. I'm seeing this opportunity to, you know, dollar cost average. You know, we always talk about into some of those majors, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. I'm, I'm adding like more of my portfolio allocation to Solana because I still think it has a lot of legs from here. Are, um, are you looking at a certain time to move your Bitcoin into something like Solana or is your Bitcoin you're holding that the whole way through, do you feel? I'll probably hold like a major bag in Bitcoin the whole way through. Yeah. I know like there's there's more money to make in altcoins, but at the same time, like you can't always pick altcoins. And I also don't want to have my portfolio allocation spread too thinly sure like across like heaps of assets because it gets too messy and end up just having shrapnel bloody and <laughs> different things and it's reminiscent of the last cycle hey yeah yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah i think uh it's a good opportunity to get on some of those ones that you know have strong fundamentals and and particularly those are uh, top tenors leading into this cycle and then after the halving that's probably where we start to see some opportunities to get on some lower cap altcoins yeah, I mean, even if we remove 2020 just because of COVID and just the flash crash and complete mess that that caused, even just from a monetary policy stance, 2016, like if you look at the month before the halvening, it had a 6.6% dip on Bitcoin. And then during the month of the halvening, 8.51. So let's just call that approximately between 10 and 20%. Let's just say a range. Yep. I think that's the one thing to call out just leading into this. And there's a heap of people online, like it's the good ones that I've been following saying, like, you just got to expect these dips. You know, you just got to expect that the capital you're deploying in the space you're anticipating mm -hmm. drops like this. And even when we see the market go, whenever there's like significant profit taking during a bull market cycle, those pullbacks can still be 30% on Bitcoin, yeah. which can yeah. like annihilate altcoins further down. So Yeah, I heard Raul Powell say in the last 2021 bull market, sure we had 11 dips where it was over 20%. Yeah. Like after that, it still went higher and higher. Yeah, so it just goes to show that like you got to anticipate these things, like you said, and don't get too concerned about them unless there's, you know, a huge black swan event in the market. There's probably much, too much cause for concern. Yeah, 100% agree. And yeah, I mean, if we just go back to Bitcoin, an area that I'm eyeing off for potential bounces or support ranges, prior highs is usually a good place to look. 
So that starts at about 38,500. So, you know, whether or not we go up sooner than that, time will tell. Just um, something to keep in the back of your mind that there might be a move up on Bitcoin. Everyone starts to get so bearish. Like you said, we break 40K. Everyone just thinks we're going down to zero again yeah. or 10K or something silly. And then all of a sudden, a lot of these altcoins just start outperforming Bitcoin and we start to see some big moves. So that's kind of something I'm just keeping in the back of my head. But yeah, let's look at top movers for the week. I mean, there's not many, is there? No, and it pretty much just touches on our point that Bitcoin being down, altcoins are just feeling some pain. So a lot of blood, a lot of red. But I mean, yeah, again, if you've been doing this for a little while, this is what you're looking to see to sort of eye out what you might be dollar cost averaging into. Yeah. You might be looking this to build a watch list. We've had that dip. Mm -hmm. We do have even a day where prices stabilize. What altcoins are running 10, 20, 30%. Yeah. That might be something to keep in touch with. I mean, we had what, like a month of strong gains across heaps <laughs> of altcoins and like the altcoin yeah, market like as a whole. Months. Three months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Three so, months, yeah. so it's not like uh, yeah. too much of a uh, concern to see this. Um, what are we seeing though? Like, there's not much green in there, but if you're looking back to the last week, there's some interesting ones like Ronin, which is behind Axie Infinity, I believe. Yeah, um, I didn't think I'd ever see that alive. Yeah, yeah, interesting because they got hacked as well. But they have a new game called Aperion God, which is doing an airdrop to Ronin Ethereum wallet holders. Sure, okay. And then the Ronin wallet has also added support for Ethereum, Polygon, and the Binance Smart Chain. So. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't read into that too much. Like, I don't know if that's enough to, to well, drive let's, let, adoption. Let's just say that it does. I mean, what you'd be looking for then fundamentally is like daily active users to go yep. up, people actually playing the game, not just like day one, they have a great day and then next yeah. week they're 50% down on active users. Still something to keep an eye on if you're really interested in the gaming space. But yeah, I mean... Yeah, like catalysts like that can, can cause like a short-term run. Correct. But yeah, you want to look at some of those fundamental metrics Absolutely. Um, to find yeah. the actual value and, and long-term gains. The other ones, Sia Coin, uh, did a little bit of research. There's not much to uncover there. It's up like 300% in the last 12 months. It's weird. It's like a dinosaur coin. It's been yeah. for ages. This would be its third bull market if we do yeah. an, enter into a bull market. Didn't actually surpass its all-time high from the first bull market last cycle. Okay. So it probably won't this time. Something I wanted to bring up with you, Pab, is we're seeing coins that are entering their third bull market. Do you think there's room for them? Because we always look at the second bull market that never really surpassed its all-time high from the previous one. What about third cycle coins? Just depends. If they have a, a merge or new partnership or they re-denominate and rebrand and go down a different path. I mean, there's always an avenue that they could reimagine themselves, yeah. right? Like that's possible. It's uh, possible, but I'd say it's kind of unlikely there seems to be more focus on the newer coins yeah. that have new technology well, or like let's let's look at it this way uh, the crypto space the one criticism you could make is lack of delivery yeah. but there's always a promise of new tech new teams new people doing new things that are going to develop the foundation for like the way we do things in the future like that's how i view it at least so when i think of something like let's say see coin's been around for a while if that team hasn't delivered what they said they were in the mm -hmm. last three cycles, so, you know, that's going on 12 years. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to raise some question marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that team exactly. trying to achieve? Like, you could say the same thing about Cardano, really. Mm. A lot of people are going to hate that statement, but yeah. I mean, they really haven't delivered uh, in a long period of time. And exactly. you got to think they've got enough money at this stage to make something happen. So, Cardano community is going to come after you, mate. Just calling it out. They are an aggressive bunch online. Fine. Yeah, that's my take on that.
Yeah, cool. So, yeah, not really much to read into in top movers, but we've got a bit of a different segment to run you guys through today. Um, so, we've yeah, got this that's matrix that's very interesting. Mm. I actually found this through Collective Shift. So, we've had them on the show before. They have really good insights on their platform. So, go check them out. Basically, they've shared a tweet that shows like a matrix of all like, what would you call these? Inst- institutional venture investors, capitalists. venture capitalists, basically what they're predicting through because they've like collated based on, on the reports that they've put out and what they're predicting in 20. 24. We're not going to read through them all, but we kind of wanted to touch on some of the highlights that we kind of uncovered. Yep. So first of all, the a general one, the market and Bitcoin, how do they see that going? So just to call it out, they haven't all made a comment. So we can share this in the show notes. It's, it's but, almost just like a summary of reports these guys have put out, just yeah. pulling up what their stance is, right? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of them are saying they expect a Bitcoin all-time high in 2024. So that would be it's surpassing 69,000 USD. Mm-hmm. We've picked that before, so I guess <laughs> no surprises there. They're obviously just copying our picks, listening to the podcast. Okay. Another interesting one is... Lots of projects will be built on Bitcoin. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I do mean, like that's it as my, well. My favorite one. We've seen it with ordinals, BRC twenties. It feels like that's the the meme into actual use case and adoption yeah. on the Bitcoin chain. And you know, everyone talks about Ethereum not performing. I mean, who wouldn't want DeFi on Bitcoin if it was possible? Yes, yeah, so, so to kind of explain that, yeah. So basically what they're referring to is layer twos and side chains on Bitcoin. So they're leveraging and utilizing Bitcoin's huge network and security, right? Because yep. Bitcoin's and the, and the, the intrinsic value of Bitcoin. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so we saw Stacks have a huge, it was one of the hottest altcoins in 2023. And I guess a lot of people are saying if it was hot in 2023 in a market that wasn't as favorable as it is now, it's going to do well this year. So Not guaranteed, but like some people are speculating that. So watch out for that space, the Bitcoin layer 2s and DeFi ecosystem. Yeah, if I had to say anything, it just depends how long you've been in the space. But if you saw the Ethereum DeFi space unfold, it was pretty programmatic. Like you had yield farming options. I guess now you've got liquid staking. Mm -hmm. If a lot of those things start coming out for Bitcoin, I'll be paying attention. Yeah, I mean, definitely do your research. But a lot of the, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a heap of teams of like core devs from something like Arbe start to mm. build something on Bitcoin. On Bitcoin, not to yeah. call it Arbe specifically, but just someone that's done it before on Ethereum yeah. doing it again because uh, it's hot. Because the narrative, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we've seen uh, ordinals and inscriptions that were kind of like Bitcoin NFTs. They've mm-hmm. popped off. There are also games built on Bitcoin, so it is kind of becoming its own little, you know, little interesting one ecosystem for decentralized applications. I'm so sure the Bitcoin maxis hate it. So oh, absolutely, but a space to watch for sure. Yeah. Um, another one that really stood out to me was the prevalence of DPIN, which stands for Decentralized Physical Infrastructure. Yeah. Bit of a mouthful. It um, is. But I think we've loved this one. Yeah. We, as an idea, right? We haven't really got into it no. too much, so I kind of want to discuss it now with you, Pav. It's been more banter in the office, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, Decentralized Physical Infrastructure, so it's basically like... How would you break that down into a real-world application? Okay. So, then in a nutshell for me, the problem with crypto is it's not tangible. Like, you can't mm. see... It's it's like you're sort of working with something mystical or magical behind a... Call it Web3, right? It's Web3. Yeah. So everyone's like, feels like they're meant to know what that means. Yeah. But for me, Deepin is like integrating blockchain solutions into actual infrastructure projects. Yeah. So, Helium's a great one recently. So, yeah. they were best known for... Creating the, is it $20 or $25? Yeah, $20 USD mobile phone, mobile phone plan. And yeah, plan, sorry. Plan in the US. So yep. that's like a game changer over there in terms yeah. of like cutting costs for consumers, just cutting out a lot of the middle process, potentially any fat uh, using blockchain technology. I guess another one that I've seen recently is Hive Mapper. Yeah. Uh, we're all familiar 
like Google Maps, Google Street. So Hive Mapper is essentially paying people to use a dash cam to, I guess, record and capture city streets. Uh, and then they get rewarded with a underlying digital token yep. for their efforts, which they can then go on the market and either stake or sell. I so, love this idea because, yeah. like you mentioned, Apple, Google already have their maps and people might question, well, I can already get Google Maps. Yep. Like, why, do, why would I need something else? I guess data and fresh data, up-to-date data is super important, right? Yeah, and it's not even for Google. Like, it might just be some other, who knows, civil engineering company wants the yeah. latest street view of some street and they can buy the freshest, cheapest capture from something like Hive Mapper. Yeah, so. exactly. So the idea is they collect all this data and mapping imagery yep. and then sell it to public companies who need it, right? Yep. And yeah, Google and Apple, they have their technology where that you've probably seen the cars riding around, but this basically gives the technology to anyone who wants it and they mm -hmm. can earn rewards. So you could give it to Uber drivers. I know that's what you suggested, like as a business. <laughs> Don't just, give it away. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. It's just uh, that's fine. No, it's a million dollar idea. But that, that's for me what deep in me. It's something that you tangibly know you're doing something and, and interacting with blockchain. Yeah. yeah. And it's for the, for the everyday yeah. Yeah. investor, that's easier to understand than, say, like an infrastructure play. Yeah. Imagine trying to explain something like liquid staking yes. versus, hey, versus drive around phone. with this yeah. mobile phone or take this mobile phone and you can call yeah. someone with it. Like, it's just way easier to understand. Yeah, exactly. And it looks to be thus far that Solana is the hub of those yeah. deep in projects. So, only that. Render, Hive Mapper, Helium, yeah. they're all based on Solana. And the Helium, like moving to Solana from, from Ethereum. Ethereum. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, watch that space. Yeah. 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 Just another little bullish catalyst for Solana. Hey. We're kind of sounding like Solana ambassadors. Just, just, no, we're just writing the narrative. It's fine. That's it. That's it. We'll call it that. <laughs> and uh, so we covered deep in. We covered layer twos on Bitcoin. And then the last one we kind of saw is the application of AI plus blockchain. Yeah, really yet to come out in a big way. But I mean, we all saw what AGIX did last year. Yeah. Um, just Singularity scale. net. Singularity net. Yeah. yeah. A long time dormant coin that everyone sort of dismissed. And then mm. as soon as open AI came out, that just went ballistic. I can't even remember how many multiples it's done yeah, in, it's in a bear market. So, huge. Yeah. But that was off the back of ChatGPT right. and NVIDIA and stuff like that. What this matrix says is all the venture capitalists have commented on that sector, basically said they're bullish on AI and blockchain. I don't really know like where to go with, I know we did covered it with the Investify boys. I don't know how that looks yet. I don't think there's AI. Any, yeah. Like, no, the application of AI plus blockchain. Like, yeah. I don't know how I've never used any of these applications yet. So I don't understand the full. We'll like, just have to, it's it. a good little journey for us to maybe start and follow and just update people because I don't know either. Yeah. Honest. Yeah. Exactly. I, I've got ideas, but it'd be cool to see over the next coming months if this actually does flourish because everyone in that just tells me they're bullish on AI and blockchain. Yeah. Maybe just, there needs to be that one function of AI that yeah. just becomes blockchain value that you can't do without Correct. blockchain yeah yeah maybe that's the at this point in time it kind of just sounds like combining buzzwords yeah. and price go up pretty much yeah so we'll wait for that to evolve yeah we'll keep you posted on that one guys good one cool so yeah we'll share that in the show notes i would suggest going and checking it out because it's really interesting and you might find some good trading or investing ideas there i think it's the easiest way to just know how you might be looking to approach the next coming years too just have yeah. like categories that you're just going to yeah. keep an eye on yeah because these guys have teams of researchers and analysts covering these things so they have obligations to make money exactly so the idea is you follow what the smart money is doing and the smart guys in the business are doing and you, you'll do okay hopefully it's the idea
But what's happening here? Yeah, just a couple of news headlines to cover off on. So we discussed before the whole SEC versus Coinbase court case that SEC is going up to Coinbase for listing unregistered securities. We've talked about it at length. This is interesting. So they've started court proceedings and a Bloomberg analyst and legal researcher actually sat in on the proceedings and he's come out and it's still early days, but he's basically come out and said he thinks that a full dismissal of the case is likely. So a 70% chance. So that means, you know, the case would be thrown out. Coinbase wouldn't have to face any charges for what the SEC are claiming. Um, Yeah, I mean, the SEC just (laughs) loss after loss, right? I mean, this is not guaranteed, but it's looking likely. Yeah. I remember Coinbase when they first got the allegations passed on came out absolutely swinging saying Mm. we're ready to fight this one. Yeah. I mean, obviously they were confident, so. Yeah. And they're also a publicly listed company as well. So that probably impacts them a little bit more in that case. Yeah, definitely. Um, But they actually made a statement in court where their lawyers did. They're saying it's like Beanie Babies is publicly listed. (laughs) Is that what that was about? I kept seeing the Beanie Baby thing. Yeah, yeah. And they're a publicly listed company, (laughs) but people can also go and buy Beanie Babies from the store, right? And so it's kind of like, yes, you can buy Coinbase stock, but you can also go and trade Bitcoin on the Coinbase platform. That's what they're kind of likening it to. Right, okay. Interesting. God, I was wondering what that was about. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone loves an Elon Musk story. Yeah, Elon and crypto, just everyone's waiting for the two things to get more and more. It's been a bit quiet, hasn't it? Yeah, he hasn't really done too much. And I don't know if this one is much to read into, but a Twitter, sorry, an X payments account just went live on X. Mm. So, like, it's a verified account. Everyone's speculating that it's coming soon. In Elon Musk's uh, X roadmap, he basically said that payments were coming in 2024. So, people are speculating that crypto could be a part of this. I don't know if that's the case. He came out and made a statement saying that crypto hasn't been on his mind in a while. We all know he loves Dogecoin, but... Yeah, that's... I remember when it came out, like, last week on Friday, Dogecoin did move about, yeah, 15%, but, I mean, it's quickly turned and gone the other way, so... Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know if it's going to be part of this initial launch. What do you think? If you had to make a prediction, would Dogecoin be integrated as a payment option? I mean, I would think about Elon wanting to get back at PayPal. So the PayPal's got their own stablecoin, right? So mm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a, an X blockchain-based uh, yeah. stablecoin to begin and then we'd want adoption of that. And then potentially, if they're going to get into crypto space, they're going to create their own exchange as well. So you yeah. can do like all your crypto swaps just from an X platform. So yeah. I had to predict this out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think they'll start with some sort of stablecoin, digital-backed stablecoin. Yeah. And don't forget, we've got Doge One, the, the SpaceX launch. When's that coming? Satellite or rocket? Yeah. It's launching in May. May. So it was postponed to May, and it might be postponed again. But I'm sure that will have some sort of stars are going to align. I bet you that's when something happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because Doge has been a bit quiet. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Long range accumulation. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we won't look into it now, or will we? No, we won't. Um, yeah. So that'll be an interesting one. It's all happening. It is all happening. I'm excited. Despite the market being down, I think I'm more excited than I have been for the last sort of six months. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have like thought, oh, it's going up too high. A lot of things I don't want to buy. I mean, you really don't have too many excuses in the coming weeks if everything keeps falling. Yeah. It's just back to where it was. And if you know what's potentially coming, setting your bets accordingly, I guess. I've got one question to end the show with. Pav, you always say like you go against the grain when it comes to (laughs) predictions and things. Like everyone has basically factored in that the... Bitcoin halving is going to be followed by a bull market. Based on your typical hypothesis where like go against the grain, like how do you see that playing out? Do you think we're guaranteed or could there be another narrative that plays out? 
I don't know until I get, you get closer to the date, but what I like to see is like ETF news, right? When we're pushing into like what I would consider like a technical resistance level, let's just say like a previous monthly high. Like we kept mm-hmm. going on about the March 22 high and people yeah. just like, oh, who cares about that? I cared about it. Yeah. But then as soon as the ETF landed, we went right into it and then right back out. So yeah. I was like, all right, this is probably a good sign of good news in the short term, not being so great potentially. So I took risk off accordingly. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably play the hardening in the same way, um, whether it's like we go up before or go down before, or we have the hardening and then go down afterwards. You just got to have a lot of these, if this, then that statements, but that's someone like me who's in and out of the market, I guess on a semi-weekly basis. Mm-hmm. If you're the long-term investor, you probably shouldn't care about that. You should be more worried about where we're going to be a year from now after yeah. halving, because the one thing we can take away is the halving. If you look at like an easy way to potentially look at the market, about a year, give or take between a year and a year and a half is usually when the market cycles from the halving may reach maturity. So, I mean, if you're going against the grain, I bet you dollar for dollar, once we start to get about a year, year and a half away from the next halving, that's when you start to see everyone talking about crypto again. So you mean a year after we have the 2024 halving, so about... A year, April. year and a half. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. between April and August 2025 is, yeah. is where we peak and everyone's going to be, so that, grandma's going to be asking about crypto. That's when you want to do your go against the grain thinking. Yeah, okay. Next, okay. I feel. So, like yeah, rather than worrying about too much about short-term stuff, that's where the, having that mindset really helps because uh, it'll be hard to sell when things are up looking like this. But, you know, if the same thing's going to happen, even with all this institutional buying, that's when you've got to be worried. Yeah. Cool. Let's wrap it up there. Let's do it. Cool, nice, short, sweet episode today. That was a good one. Yeah, I like it. Forward to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. A lot to talk about next week. I think so. And we'll catch you there. Cheers. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.